You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast, episode number 14. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Well, hello there, Amy Porterfield here, and welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I'm really happy to be here today. It's just about a week after I returned from the World Domination Summit in Portland, Oregon. It was an incredible event. For those of you who don't know that event, I know the name of it, World Domination Summit, is pretty dramatic, but it was a fantastic event to say the least. I'm so used to attending online marketing events where we talk about conversions and email marketing and social media and sales pages and all that kind of stuff. And I love talking shop. I mean, I'm pretty nerdy in the sense that I could talk about work all the time. Pathetic, I know, but I love it that much. However, this event was really different. There were a lot of my friends and my peers there, so there definitely was the online world representing at this event. But this time we were talking about taking care of our customers better and dreaming bigger and starting movements and changing the world for the better. It was pretty incredible. And there's a lot of great stories about how people attended the event in the past and then what they did with what they learned. Now, this was my first year, so I hope to go back next year and actually have some stories about how I've done things differently and impacted the world in a better way and treated my customers even better and all that good stuff. So it was a great event. Definitely check it out if you haven't heard about it before. World Domination Summit. Tickets sell out really fast. They already sold their first thousand to the people that attended this year. And when they open the gates again, I can promise you it will sell out within hours. So Definitely keep your eye out for that if this is something that might interest you. So shifting gears here, today I'm talking with Rick Mulready. Now, not only does Rick have a pretty interesting background that includes AOL and Yahoo, but most recently he's been on a journey to share his conversations with the heads of social media from the biggest and most successful brands in the world. Brands like Nike, Ford Motors, Walmart, and social media guru, Gary Vaynerchuk. I hate using the word guru, but he is pretty much the closest to a guru in social media that I can think of. But he also recently talked with Boston Police Department's public information chief about the massive role social media played during the Boston Marathon bombing. So that was a pretty incredible interview as well. So he does all of this on his podcast. I'll let him talk to you about that. But today I invited Rick on the show to talk about what he's learned from these big brands and how we can apply those big strategies and techniques to small business budgets. So again, it all comes back to what I always say, model the best, find out who's doing it right and learn from their strategies and their techniques and then take those strategies, make them your own, model them to fit inside your own small business. So I love the whole concept about what he's doing, and he has a lot of great stuff to share with us today. So let's not waste any more time and jump in. So Rick, thanks so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely. So before we get into all the good tips you're going to share with us today, tell us a little bit about how you got into this online marketing world and what you're doing these days. 
Yeah, so I've been I've been in in uh, the online marketing space since 2000. Jeez, I call it kind of the wild west days of internet marketing. Um, so I've been in it about 13 years, and I started at uh, at AOL back in 2000 in uh, their uh, headquarters in Virginia. I spent about four and a half years there, and then came out here to the West Coast and was at Yahoo for a while. And uh, Funny or Die for uh, for about a year or so, which is Will Ferrell's online company. Yeah, these are some big names. AOL, Yahoo, and Funny or Die? Yeah, and then I most recently was uh, at a company called Vibrant Media, which is a contextual ad platform. So I kind of, and that and obviously much smaller scale. So I kind of got to see what was going on on the, on the, on the bigger scale what with the AOLs and Yahoos of the world. And, and all, and obviously Funny or Die too, but it's not on the scale of those two, those, those two companies. Um, so it was really cool to see kind of like, you know, what's going on at the big scale, what's going on in the, on the smaller scale. But what I really noticed was, you know, small businesses were really being sort of, what's the right word? Like kind of left out a little bit so because they had to, at each of these companies, there was a minimum spend that you had to hit and it was quite a bit of money and, and, you know, small businesses don't necessarily have this sort of budget to, to, you know, to spend like that. So, you know, they're looking for ways to market their business just like the big brands are. So social media, and I, I sort of saw this kind of coming a few years ago. So I kind of, kind of dove into Facebook marketing because it's such an accessible platform and you don't need to spend a lot of money, if anything, to, to be successful on there. So I really dove into Facebook. Started off with advertising and then sort of moved into, uh, Facebook marketing from a, uh, from a holistic standpoint. Now, the end of last year, the end of 2012, I left my, uh, internet sales job from uh, Ed Vibrant at the end of September. So I've been doing this full time now and consulting with clients on Facebook and Facebook marketing and so forth. And then a few, a few months ago, I actually had a major shift happen. And what I did was, I wanted to, I really wanted to, you know, bring in, bring what I was doing with, with the brands before the, the, um, uh, AOLs of the world and Yahoo's of the world, bring that big brand experience into what I was doing on the Facebook side, but also more on a, on a holistic social media standpoint. And so what I decided to do was I was seeing the trends of what big brands were doing in social media. And I was like, you know what? There's so much we can learn from what these big brands are doing that I want to sort of evangelize that. You know, I want to go on a journey to kind of show people how to model what these big brands are doing and, but on us, you know, on with the, the little or no budget that small businesses have. So when, kind of, sorry, go ahead. When I heard that you were going to do this, I was so excited because when I used to work with Tony Robbins, he used to always teach his entrepreneurs that You've got to go find out what the big boys are doing, the people yep. that are really making a difference and getting some huge results, and then figure out a way to model that and make it your own. And that's exactly what you've been teaching, right? Yeah. And I, actually, I, I don't think you know this, but the first time I heard that was, was I think, on your podcast. Oh, cool. And I can tell you exactly where I, I was driving down to San Diego. Isn't that funny uh, that when you hear some certain things, you know exactly where you are? Yeah. I, I was that. like, that's perfect. And that really aligns with what, where I want really, really want to take this. And so, you know, so I really shifted, you know, what I was doing on the site on, on rickmulready.com and what I was writing about and, and so forth. And then I started to do, started to get into the podcast and it's called the inside social media podcast. And, and what, the, what this, what this whole thing is that I'm doing, it's sort of a journey. And, you know, I'm on a journey to connect 
with the heads of social media from these big brands and from the biggest brands in the world and, you know, share with people what these big brands are doing in social media, you know, share these stories, share these insights and strategies. And from these conversations, I simplify sort of the, the fundamental principles of social media that these big brands are doing successfully so that we can all model and apply them to our own small business, you know, again, with, you know, on that little or no budget. Exactly. And so basically, I have you on the show because I want to talk about the three best lessons you've learned so far from interviewing these big brand giants. But before we get to those tips, and I know they're really good, first tell us about some of the people that you've interviewed because the list is pretty impressive. Yeah, um, you're going to put me on the spot here. I know. I can't remember. I, could, I know a few. I know Gary Vaynerchuk was a great interview you did. Yeah, thank you. He had some good ones, but then you've uh, done some sports. So yeah, I've kind of, I've tried to mix it up and, um, I launched the show with, um, uh, Scott Monty from Ford, who heads up their social media. Uh, Rick Wyan from McDonald's. He heads up, uh, McDonald's U.S. social media. The third show is Frank Eliason, who is the head, the global head of, um, uh, social media for city. And then this was sort of the first, uh, sort of, you know, big brands, but then kind of, I wanted to kind of, like I said, want to kind of mix it up. So I had, um, Kevin Houseworth, who at the time, he was the head of social media for the city of Chicago. So he worked in the mayor's office and, and, uh, it was a really, really cool angle for, you know, for people to, to see. I bet. Um, I've had, yeah, I've had Gary Vaynerchuk on. I've had Chris Brogan on. Um, so Brian, a, Sar- Brian Sarabian from the San Francisco Giants. That's the one I was thinking of. I couldn't remember who that was. It's yeah. been a really good mix. I mean, the tips are outstanding and I always teach about how to incorporate strategies on a shoestring budget. And mm-hmm. so that's why I became such a huge fan of your podcast because that's exactly what it's all about. You do not need tons and tons of dollars to model a really solid strategy. You just have to yeah. get a little creative with it. Yeah, so exactly. Why don't we just go ahead and jump in and share with us the first really great tip that you've learned some from from some of your interviews? Sure, sure. And I just want to clarify something that you just said, Amy, is that, you know, when it comes to social media, we're all students in this because it's changing every single day. You know, I had a conversation. I had um, Ash Brown from Coke on the podcast actually just this week. And, and one thing that he said towards the end of our conversation was, that Coke, you know, they were doing something. I forget what it was, but it wasn't what he was really hoping for. They basically messed up and, and said, you know, he said, you know what? We're, we're experimenting just like everybody else. We're trying to figure it, figure it out just like everybody else. So if like Coca-Cola, one of the biggest <laughs> brands so in the world true. can say that, you know, we can, we can say the same thing. So I like um, that. Great strategy. reminder. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit 
on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products and I want to talk about Shopify. Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. Strategy number one, I would say, and this comes up in almost every conversation that I have on the show, and it's it's what I call going deep. Too many small businesses get overwhelmed with all the social media options that are out there. I mean, there's always a new shiny object coming onto the social scene pretty much every day. So, you know, the idea there is to focus on one to two, maybe three platforms for your business and go deep on those platforms. Really focus highly on those platforms. And in order to do that, you have to know a couple of things. Number one, you have to know your business objectives and your goals. You have to do that. That's the first step. Then, of course, you have to know your audience. And as small business owners, you know, I ask a lot of one of the questions I ask on the show to, you know, these big brands is, is has to do with knowing their audience and so forth. And a lot of them come back and say, you know what? Every question I do, by the way, ties back to small businesses and how they can model what these big brands are, are talking about. And oftentimes it always comes back to, you know what, small businesses, it starts with how small businesses do their thing. And that's because they know their, they have an intimate knowledge of their audience, who their customer is. And big brands don't necessarily, I mean, they do, but they don't necessarily have that level of, you know, knowledge of their customer like a small business does. So definitely know who your audience is and then find them online. Where are they hanging out? You know, if you, if you have an online business and you have an email list, ask them, you know, Hey, are you on Facebook? Are you on Twitter? Are you on, you know, Google Plus? Where are you? You know, you can do simple things like Google search. Obviously you can just search on anything within Google. You can set up Google alert and you can set up alerts based on your business, um, the industry that you're in your brand name, that sort of thing. And you can kind of keep track of where your brand or name or your industry is being discussed. And then you can be there too. That's the whole idea is find out where your customer is online and then you be there too. And then focus on those, like I said, one to two, maybe three platforms um, and going deep and going deep on those. You just want to be careful, you know, not to spread yourself too thin. 
So when you talk about going deep, are you talking about choosing just one, two, three platforms or yes. strategies yeah. or platforms? Uh, uh, the platforms. So the platform and, and the strategy is going to be based on whatever your goal is. So take, for example, Charity Water. So they're, they're a charity who brings uh, and raises money to bring water to people around the globe who don't have access to clean water. And, you know, they're a very visual charity because they're showing pictures of people, you know, who don't have the water or who are, you know, they, uh, you know, a picture of them, you know, getting access to clean water all of a sudden or, or a well or something like that. So it's a very visual, how do you say that? It, it, it appeals to the visual senses for what they're trying to do. Gotcha. And so because of that, they focus, they really go deep on Facebook. They go deep on Instagram. But they are also on Twitter too because they're able to share pictures. They're able to share, you know, updates and so forth of, you know, money being, um, brought in and, and a well being built and so forth. So they focus really solely on those types of platforms as opposed to, Oh, I need to chase this, you know, new shiny object and or whatever. It's so, so they, true. they know where to go deep and, and focus on those. And they're really effective on those platforms rather than, you know, going, stretching themselves too thin. They, since they're visual, they align that with which social platforms, you know, align with being visual. And Facebook and Instagram are, are two definitely platforms that are like that. It makes perfect sense. It's really aligned with what I teach in my programs where I always teach to have your core platform. And of course, I'm biased. So I usually think that for most businesses, their core platform is probably Facebook. Now, mm-hmm. for the sake of the charity water, is that what it's called? Uh, yes. Yep. For the sake of charity water, I could see where Instagram or any kind of image type platform might be their core and Facebook would actually work for that as well. Sure. But my point being that when you choose a core platform and then choose, let's say two secondary platforms is what I call them. Mm-hmm. That way you get to stay really focused. I don't know about you, but throughout everything I do in my business, I'm always saying, what should I not be doing? Because yeah. All those things that I shouldn't be doing, you know, experimenting with 10 other platforms at the same time while I'm trying to build up one platform is going to completely derail me. And I think with small businesses and entrepreneurs, we only have so many resources. So there's a fine line, though, between choosing a core platform and then maybe one or two secondary platforms and really focusing, get your goals on those sites really clear, get your, you know, three strategies maybe for each um, clear to you and your team and really building those out. Now that doesn't mean that you can't once in a while experiment with new things. What I exactly. loved in one of your interviews, you talked to Gary Vaynerchuk and he was talking about Vine mm-hmm. and he was mentioning, uh, you explain Vine because I don't even know it as well. <laughs> Vine is, is a, Vine's owned by Twitter and it's essentially a, a, it allows you to create six second videos that um, they just loop essentially when the six seconds are up. And you can take, you know, it allows you to, you touch the screen on your phone and you can take a video for, um, for a period of, you know, one second or five seconds if you want. But it's just a, it's a, it's a cool way to create sort of short clips of, of, uh, content that you can share on Twitter. You can share it on Facebook. You can share it in your email. But that's a great example of, you know, that may not be for everybody. Exactly. That's, that's a tool that, you know, that's come on, you know, that's come on to the market here and it's gotten a lot of press and, you know, Brands are my experience with in talking to these heads of social media and influencers, quote unquote, on the show is that about Vine is that a lot of them are kind of sitting back and seeing how how it plays out before jumping right into it, which is a great lesson is that 
you know, don't chase that shiny, uh, brand new shiny object as soon as it comes out. Kind of sit back, learn about it, and then see how other brands are using it. And that's pretty much the, you know, sort of the angle of my show. And, and, and see if it makes sense for your brand. You know, there's a, um, uh, Lowe's, for example, does it. I've not had them on the show yet, but Lowe's has a really cool, uh, does a lot of cool things with Vine, for example. And it's just sort of quick little videos. They do a lot of how-to videos because it aligns with what, you know, Lowe's is. But, but yeah, sorry, I kind of, that's a long-winded answer. No, but, it's, but. it makes perfect sense though. So to kind of bring it into the whole going deep thing, when you have your platform, so for me, it's pretty much Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Those are my three platforms that I really focus on. Yep. But Vine interests me. And so before I just jump into it and spend tons of times and re- time and resources on it, I definitely kind of find out what other people are doing, what the big brands are doing. Lowe's is doing some great things. So that's a great example. But then I start to say, okay, how can I move that into the platforms I'm already using? How could I maybe just test or experiment with it, but not put all my resources and time to it? That way you're not completely wiping out your focus and what you're moving forward with already. So it's just a great example of you don't want to ignore the new things that are coming up because you never know what might be really powerful for your brand, but you can't divert and leave everything to the wayside. Yeah, exactly. And Taco Bell is another example that comes to mind with that is they, you know, they primarily focus on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, but they also have used, um, they've used Vine, for example, to, um, forget what it was. They launched a burrito or something like that using Vine that got a lot of press and they've also used Snapchat. And Snapchat is that platform where it's very, it's big within, um, like teenage girls. Right. And you send, um, you send, uh, uh, messages or videos that, uh, expire after like 10 seconds or something like that. And, you know, a lot of advertisers are wondering like, well, what's the value of being, you know, of doing, of being aligned with Snapchat? But Taco Bell thought for their particular product that they were releasing, I think they were re-releasing one of their burritos or something like that. And they decided to use Snapchat for what they were doing. It aligned with their gold goals. It aligned with their audience. So they jumped on. But, you know, at the same time, you know, they were very careful in how they did that in making sure, number one, that it aligned with their objectives. And number two, learning about the platform first before, just like you just said, before jumping into it. Yeah, I think it's a, a really great point and something to remember just so you stay the course and you exactly. keep focused. Yeah. Okay, great. So the going deep, that is a great, great tip. What's the next one? Uh, strategy number two would be create great content around your business. Now, you just mentioned Gary, the, the episode with Gary Vaynerchuk. I mean, Gary's all about content. It's the topic of his new book that's coming out later this year called, um, Jab, 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 Right Hook. Jab, Jab, Jab just basically means content, content, content before you give the right hook of selling or, you know, asking for the sale of some sort. He also came out last week. There was an article in Forbes talking about how he's hired some, or he's repositioned one of his um, employees to kind of follow him around and sort of record uh, thoughts and ideas as they come up for him, um, his speeches and so forth, because Gary doesn't want to miss anything that's coming out during the day because Gary's all about creating content and he wants to use this, uh, everything that he's, you know, everything that this person records as content. And so, that's that's the strategy number two is create great content around your business that's relevant to your business. Shiv Singh, who's the global head of digital at Pepsi, I've had him on the show before, and he he had a great quote. He said, leverage social media to add more to the lives of your consumers while not interrupting them. 
Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's such a great quote. And it's, and it's all about adding value with your content. The thing that, that uh, again, comes up on the show a lot too is that quit shouting at people when you're on Facebook or Twitter, you know, get off your virtual kind of soapbox. And what I mean by that is stop shouting your sales messages all the time, all the time, all the time, because people will turn you off. You have to create that value or have to add that value by creating content for people. And then you can come in with a, you know, a sort of a sales message. So um, let's talk content a little bit because a lot of people that are listening, whether they're entrepreneurs or small businesses, they don't have big teams and content sometimes confuses people like, okay, well, what am I supposed to be doing? How, what, what exactly should this content look like? So just to be, make sure we're all on the same page. When we talk content, would you agree that we're talking blog posts, videos, quick tips, post on Twitter, post on Facebook? Um, you know, the vine is a form of content. So mm-hmm. there's so many different things people could do. Yep. Exactly. And so and go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. So with that, I always say find out what works for you first in the sense of how do you like to create content? Because if you're creating content as an entrepreneur and you enjoy doing it, one, you're going to be more consistent with it. And two, it usually is your best work when you enjoy what you're doing. For example, I love to create uh, webinars. I love to create webinars where I get to teach and show images and take people step by step through processes on Facebook, whatever it might be. So because I enjoy doing that, I really spend a lot of time on it and I make sure it's great. Well, I've had some great feedback. That's what people usually like the best out of what I put out there are these free webinars I do. So I keep doing them. There's no reason why you can't keep repeating what's already working. Exactly. So you want to mix it up. So of course I do blog posts and videos and all that good stuff, but the core of my content is in my webinars. And then from there, I try to take those webinars and not try, I do, I repurpose them. So I'll put them on SlideShare. I'll turn one piece of a webinar into a blog post or I'll make a mini video about something I taught in the webinar. So I think repurposing is an easy way to keep putting out great content. Would you agree? Absolutely, absolutely. And you're hitting the nail on the head as far as what content creation is. Of course, that's gonna be, you know, that's gonna look different to everybody. But that's what works for you. And you're super, super successful at it. I mean, your webinars rock. And, Thanks. you know, repurposing that, that content is, is a, a very simple way to, to create content. Yeah. So you've got to just get your stride with how you want to create content. And it's something that just is so powerful. You can't ignore it. I think with content, it has to come, you know, it has to be really valuable. And I love the idea of not interrupting somebody with it and not shouting out those sales messages with it. And then also consistency. If you don't have consistency with your content, your competition can beat you out so quickly. Exactly. Yep. Go ahead. And I just want to make a a point there is that, you know, make sure that the content you're putting out is what your audience wants to hear or what you think your audience wants to hear, not what you want to say. Yes. You know, that's so, so important. So many people think that, oh, I'm going to put this out because I want to talk about it. Well, you know, does your audience want to talk about it? Does your audience want to hear about it? Make sure that you're creating content around what your audience wants and what your audience wants to learn more about and what's going to give them value, not necessarily what's going to make you feel good by saying it or doing it. It's so true. And that's why I love what you're doing with your podcast in the sense that for small brands, one of the coolest things or easiest things you could do, especially with social media these days, is find out who would be your competition if we're talking 
bigger brands. So I'm not a big fan of saying we have a lot of competitors. I think we all can be really unique and find our own niche and mm-hmm. and really carve out that space for us. But when you go and look at what the big brands are doing, let's say on their Facebook page, and let's say um, you have a new uh, drink line, like a powered uh, energy drink, and you're a smaller company and you want to find out what your audience wants to talk about. Well, go look at the big brands that are doing really cool things with their energy drinks. What are their fans talking about? What questions are their fans asking on the different Facebook pages or Twitter or YouTube? If you do some market research on the big brands and how it relates to your smaller business, that will tell you what your audience wants to hear. So that's just one way I've noticed that it really helps out figuring out what your audience wants to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you look at somebody like, all right, in your example there, I mean, you look at, you know, say someone's looking at Red Bull, you know, and Red Bull does an amazing job with their social media and with their marketing. Now, granted, you're not going to necessarily have the type of budget or the production value that a Red Bull does, but you could, you know, to your point there, you could look at what they're doing and what's being said about it and then create your own content, sort of modeling what they're doing, but on whatever level that you can do it on. You know, you don't need, you don't necessarily need a huge production team. You know, most everybody has a smartphone with a camera and a video camera these days. I mean, use that to your advantage. I mean, that's the one of the, you know, biggest obstacles that I hear from readers and listeners is that they say, Oh, I don't have the resources to create content or I don't have the time to do it. Well, I mean, the, the barrier to entry to that with having a phone, for example, is, you know, that really, really takes it down to, you know what, it's just about effort and, and spending a few minutes to kind of create something that's, that's cool. So true. Definitely. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta put in the work in order to make sure that you're putting out some good stuff and you're consistent with it. But there's so many ways to go, go about it. So it doesn't have to be this huge, huge effort just to get out great content. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, a couple of, a couple of other content, you know, simple content creation ideas, you know, take customers behind the scenes. Everybody loves, you know, sort of the reality show, if you will. So take customers behind the scenes of your, you know, of your business. If you have, you know, employees or, or whatever, you can, you know, take some pictures, take, take, take a quick video of what's going on. HubSpot does a really good job of that. They do, um, videos of their offices and, and, and so forth. You can profile employees like Gary Vaynerchuk's Vayner Media, which is his social media agency, does a really cool job of that on their Facebook page where they just kind of take pictures of their employees and they include their names and, and Twitter handle and so forth. Share industry news. You know, Chris Brogan calls this creating media coverage around your industry. And I love this. So many people don't necessarily do this, but just look at your industry and what type of information can you be providing for you know, for your consumers about your industry. And it doesn't have to be every single thing about your particular business. It just could be about the industry, um, you know, as a whole. Great point. Definitely. When you step outside of what you're selling and promoting sometimes, and you just kind of add value in the sense of this is not leading back to a sale, you'd be amazed how much stronger those relationships can be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great point. Okay. Give us strategy three. Uh, strategy three is, um, cause I, I know that I wanted to include this and it does come up quite a bit, but I know that you talk about it a lot, um, is generating leads and sales through social media. And, you know, a lot of people think that that's not possible because it's more of a conversation, which social media is absolutely conversation, but you can still generate sales and leads from your social media efforts. And I touched on it before, 
But the primary tip there is to, you have to be giving good content and value first before selling. You know, social media is just one spoke of your overall marketing efforts and your, with your website or blog as the hub, as sort of the central point. And everything that you're doing is driving into that hub, if you will, to your website or blog. And social media is one spoke of that overall effort. So whatever you're doing, make sure that you're driving back to your site and that's where you can be generating, doing lead generation or sales, but you have to give content and value first before, you know, before selling. You have to, I know, I know you talk about this a lot, Amy, is no like and trust. Yeah. So you have to, you know, you have to build it up with people. You have to get people to know, like, and trust you before they will start, you know, buying from you. I mentioned HubSpot before. HubSpot does a really good job of that because they do a ton of lead generation, but that's not all they're doing in their social channels. You know, they're, adding value. They're talking about the industry. They're, they're covering the industry. They do a really, really good job of that. But then they also will, you know, offer up this free webinar in exchange for somebody's email. Another example there, um, to finish off the strategy is Lorna Jane. Lorna Jane is sort of the Australian version of, um, Lululemon, the athletic apparel company. They do an amazing job on their Facebook page where, they know they like they have their their target audience so dialed in so they're providing content and images on their facebook page for example that is exactly targeted to this tar- to this audience but they're mixing in sales messages and, and like they're showing pictures of their clothing and they're saying hey you know they're and there's maybe they show two side by side and they they look for engagement from somebody they say okay which one do you like better a or left or right but then they say and then they include like a link to say if you want this click here and, you know, and to buy it. What so a great example. I love that because right there, you're, you're giving away some, you're encouraging engagement, but at the same time, you're softly selling as well. Exactly. Yep. Fantastic. I, I think it's so important that people know that you can definitely promote and sell with social media. You've just got to do the work up front. And that comes back to your strategy number two, which is creating the great content. So can you think of, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but can you think of any other brands that you've talked to that have done a really great job of not only encouraging engagement and putting out great content, but also selling like the, is it Loma Jane? Uh, Lorna Jane, L-O-R-N-A. Lorna Jane. I think that's a great example. I want everyone to check that out. So I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. But how about another example? Because I want our listeners to actually go and look at these examples and see how they're doing this, because I think it's easier to understand when you can see examples. Uh, you mean that does selling? Yes. Um, I would say Southwest Airlines does a really good job of this, you know, because, you know, it, because it's a higher, a higher price ticket item, you know, than say like, you know, a pair of sweatpants or something like that. Yeah. You're buying an actual flight. They're not always talking about, you know, buy this flight. You know, this, this route is on sale. They're, they're, they do a really, really good job on their Facebook page, for example, where they're showing pictures of, of, uh, you know, their employees, their profiling employees. They're, they're taking pictures of, you know, brand new planes that roll out. They're, t- they're taking pictures of, um, maybe, you know, cities that they're serving and so forth. And they have a really rapid following on, on Facebook. But within that, they're in, they're in, they are intermixing, you know, those sales messages, if you will, where, hey, we're doing a, we have a summer, uh, summer fair sale going on. Click here to, um, to, to book at uh, southwest.com, for example. So Southwest does a really good job of mixing in that content along with the sales message. They're not just trying to get, 
you know, they're not just trying to uh, push the sales messages on you at all times. That they're giving cool content that people, that and engaging content that people want to uh, interact with and then mix in those sales messages. Great. I think that's a fantastic tip. I think it's great if all of us would go back to our Facebook page, our Twitter, wherever we are on social sites and look through, let's say, your last 10 posts and make sure that there's a mix of a lot of great valuable content where you're not interrupting and you're not shouting, but you're part of the conversation. And then in those last 10 posts that you've done, how many are actually promoting? A lot of you, I bet, listening will not find many that you're promoting. And then there's a good handful that you're just probably promoting or selling way too much. So remember, there's a mix. I mean, if I had to throw out a number, maybe 80, 20, 80%, you know, value content, good stuff, 20% soft selling and promotion. But, you know, it's hard sometimes to throw out a number when you don't know the brand. But I think that there's a good mix. Some people listening are not promoting and selling enough. Another handful are doing it too much. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. You you have to be... I love that um, sort of spending you know x amount of per, x amount of time on doing this and x amount of time on doing this. You have to focus on adding the value first, giving content, and then uh, and then you know having selling being a it can still be a prime uh, primary objective, but it's got to be a secondary thing that you're doing by after you after adding that value and creating that content. Perfect. I, I think that's such a great point. I also want to point out that I had Rick do a great blog post on some of these topics. So I'm going to link to the blog post in the show notes as well, because I think we go into even more detail. You show a lot of images and pictures. So I'll make sure I link people to your guest blog post on my site because it was cool. really well done. Cool. Thanks. Well, Rick, I really appreciate you being here and tell people where they can find out more about you. Uh, RickMulready.com. It's R-I-C-K-M-U-L-R-E-A-D-Y.com is my site. And the podcast is, uh, it's called The Inside Social Media podcast and it's on all the major platforms, iTunes and BlackBerry and and so forth. Perfect. You definitely want to check out this podcast. It is fantastic. I know you have really a really cool lineup of people that you have on the docket to interview. So I won't I won't give away any secrets, but there's some (laughs) really good stuff coming up. So make sure to check out Rick's podcast for sure. I'll link to all the stuff we talked about in the show notes. And again, thanks for being here, Rick. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it, Amy. So there you have it, some big business strategies for small business budgets. All the links we talked about in this show can be found at amyporterfield.com forward slash 14, just the number 14. Also, if you like this podcast, I would really love for you to tell your friends about it. Just go to amyporterfield.com forward slash love, and you can tweet about it to help me spread the word. I'd really, truly appreciate it. So until we talk next time, make it a great week. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.